What's up, guys? Welcome back to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Monday, August 16th, 2020. I'm Tim Geddes, and joining me is Laura Kate Dale. Laura, Hi, how are you? Thank you? I'm, I'm doing good. Thank you for having me. It's, it's uh, as someone that's been a fan of the show for a long time, it's nice to get to, to get to come and chat. No, I'm so, so excited to have you. We were just talking a little bit uh, before the show, just like, you know, one of the upsides of this whole situation, this mess that we're in is like, at least we get to, you know, get some people because you're out, you're over in London, right? Yeah, yeah. So it, it's nice to have an excuse to be able to be on things that I probably couldn't physically get to. Yeah, exactly. So it's very exciting to have you. For people that might not be aware of who you are, where might people know you from? Uh, I do a bunch of stuff on the internet to do with video games. Uh, probably the thing I'm best known for is I'm on a podcast called Podquisition, which is a video game podcast I do with Jim Sterling, have done for the last, I think, nearly six years. Uh, other than that, I stream on Twitch Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays. Uh, I have a series on YouTube called Accessibility, which is all about video game industry accessibility and representation. And I've written a bunch of books. Uh, yes, I've you got did. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll leave the one that you're involved in till last. Um, I've got a book called Uncomfortable Labels, which is about being gay and trans and on the autism spectrum. I've got a book called Gender Euphoria, which is just a nice anthology of positive trans stories. I've got a book coming out on February 4th, 2021, called Things I Learned from Mario's Butt, which is a silly and serious book of video game character butt reviews with a bunch of art in it. It's got both Tim and Greg have have graciously written words for it. And uh, I will I will spoil for everybody that uh, I did write about Crash Bandicoot's butt. So oh, the, it was very the, exciting stuff. The piece of Crash Bandicoot butt artwork that is in that book is a wondrous thing. I am so, so excited about this. Thank you for having us be a part of that, by the way. That's such a such a cool thing. I don't know that I've ever written something in, an, in a real book. So I'm going to count this as, as the number one time. <laughs> Thank you for agreeing to be involved in such a ridiculous project. It's one of those things that like when I approached people to get involved, I was like, no one's going to say yes to this. Who's going to agree to write for a butts book? Apparently the answer is everyone. Everyone wants a good excuse oh, yeah. to chat about yeah. butts. Everyone loves them them butts and video games. Put them together. It's going to be a good time. I, I think that I need to say that people here watching the show probably are familiar with you at the very least around the Switch's launch of me reporting on your uh, just leaks and rumors and breaks for like months on end <laughs> back in the yeah, day. Yeah, there was, there was a while where that was the thing I did and I stopped doing that for a while because I'm going to be honest, whether you're right or wrong, it is really exhausting to uh, to deal with leak stuff. Like um, a big one I remember was um, I reported on uh, Until Dawn Rush of Blood existing about a week before it got announced. And the day I talked about that, the developers announced in a Reddit AMA, no, that doesn't exist. There's no plans for any kind of Until Dawn content. And I had a week of just like people being real nasty. Yeah. And then it shows up. Like that's the, it's not, it's not fun. And then you don't get, you don't get the fun parts of that. It's not like it shows no, up no. and everyone's like, oh, she was right. Yeah. Like, no one comes and goes, oh, I'm very sorry. I said mean things to you. Turns out you were right. Everyone's yeah. just like, that goes but well i've yeah. always appreciated you i always think that there's so much fun in in, in the hype and in, in the wonder of the is it real is it not real i enjoy it all so thank you for I, everything that you've done i'm sorry that the people are, are assholes and right. fuck you for being I, assholes i've always i've always enjoyed that from the other side which you know to, to have briefly had that be a thing i was involved in is like yeah it's still pretty special and uh, we're going to talk a lot about it today because uh, today's stories include Avengers leaks, Batman teases, Ghost of Tsushima multiplayer, 
and more because this is kind of funny games daily each and every weekday at 10 a.m live right here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games we run you through all the nerdy news you need to know about if you're watching live you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kind of funny.com slash you're wrong uh if you don't want to watch live you can watch later on youtube.com slash kind of funny games roosterteeth.com or your favorite podcast service. Just search for Kind of Funny Games Daily. It will be right there for you. Uh, if you want to get the show ad-free, you can go to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames. Uh, you also get the exclusive post show, which is very exciting stuff for everybody. Um, some housekeeping for you today. Kind of Funny Games is doing the first ever stream of Samurai Jack Battle Through Time. Uh, you can catch that at 1.30 pacific time on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games uh so right after our in review um and then dc fandom is this saturday uh, and we're treating it like greg miller's personal e3 greg and the kind of funny crew will be on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games all day long reacting to the panels for suicide squad uh kill the justice league wb montreal's game snyder cut all the other dc movies anything you'd expect us to be reacting to we're going to be there reacting to it pretty exciting stuff it starts at 10 a.m pt be there. We'll be there all day. Uh, and thank you to our Patreon producers, Muhammad Muhammad and Blackjack. Today we're brought to you by DoorDash, but I'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have seven and a couple half stories today. A baker's Thank you, Kevin. Thank you very, very much. No, story number one. Uh, WB Games Montreal teases Batman Arkham game. This comes from IGN's Joe Scrubbles. It all started today with a, a tweet from uh, WB Games and then some follow-up tweets and then people digging and finding source codes and all this stuff. Uh, here is the story. WB Games Montreal is once again teasing its new project, long rumored to be a Batman game set around the Court of Owls storyline, potentially called Gotham Knights, and it looks as though we'll see an announcement or reveal of some kind tomorrow on August 18th. Uh, fans have followed a new tease to a website called Redacted.com, where the E's are all or threes, uh, which currently features the words, we have been expecting you. Uh, and then the date, August 18th, followed by a 24-hour countdown timer um, that's set to end on the 18th. The initial tease that led here saw the Batman Arkham Origins developer linked to a new Twitter account called Redacted, which has uploaded a short video that uh, I think we're looking at right now, showing a computer interface with occasional background interference, seemingly showing three different crests or logos. Of the three emblems shown, one definitely features an owl, although it's not the same owl that we've seen in previous teases, uh, while the others are far fainter, making it difficult to make out exactly what they're depicting. Uh, source code for the redacted website points to an extended teaser campaign uh, taking place over the course of the week, perhaps ending in a video being unlocked to view on Friday, August 21st. So it doesn't seem like the 18th is going to be what we're waiting for. It's just kind of we're going to get even more teases because this game hasn't been teased long enough. Um, entering the code successfully on this uh, little thing that Kevin's looking at now gets you clues to return to the next day. So it just seems like a, a fun little viral marketing campaign. Um and another section mentions video in connection with day four's entry, perhaps indicating that a trailer of some kind will be unlocked once the codes have been entered for each day. Laura, what do you take from this? I mean, the the whole four days to get a trailer thing seems about right, because that would put it at the end of the week, and that's just in time for all the, the stuff they're planning this week. Um, mm -hmm. I, I, I don't know a huge amount about the Court of Owls, but what I do know seems really interesting. It seems to be a lot of stories about like hundreds of years old secret societies. And that's, I mean, that's very different from what any of the previous like Batman games we've had have really dealt with. They've all dealt with the sort of more contemporary modern villains. And I mean, I'm, ex I'm just excited for more Batman. And 
if the price of admission to that is I've got to deal with a few days of entering secret codes on a weird website. I mean, we waited like a year to find out what this game is. Like, I can manage waiting four more days. We can, we've waited actually even longer than that. So Jason Schreier tweets out, uh, it's now been 329 days since WB Montreal first started teasing this game, which is hilarious. So that's not quite a year, but Imran Khan then uh, tweets out, it's actually been 640 days since WB Montreal themselves started teasing it. It's only been 329 since uh, WB's marketing team first started. This is from a November 2018 tweet from an associate producer. (laughs) So it's like, this has been a a very, very, very long-running thing. Um, The Court of Owls comic series. Are you into comics at all? I am into comics. I've just never gotten around to the Court of Owls stuff, but I've always heard it's fantastic. It's fantastic. One of my yeah. one of my favorite Batman storylines, and you know, Batman's one of my favorite comic books. So conceptually, uh, it seems great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I would be amiss if I didn't call Barrett Courtney, who is uh, our one of our guys, who is the, the number one Arkham fan I've, I've ever known. So I'm going to call him right now, real quick, to get his thoughts on this because he's been brokenhearted at every single games event for the last year and a half um after this tease expecting it to be there being sure it's going to be at this one that's the problem when they tease something like that so early is that every time it gets teased it's like every event's going to be the one Mm -hmm. exactly i see barrett's in the chat right now so yo what's up boss baby yourself how you doing dude tim i woke up kind of in a weird mood and then i go to my phone i check twitter and holy shit what a good day what a good way to start a monday you know what i'm saying tim i know what you're saying i and and i get the frustrations i get the jason Schreiers and the imrons who are like oh it's been so long since they first started teasing you know what whatever whatever we're finally fucking here dude we're finally fucking here we're finally gonna get the logos that like they put out that image of like uh, the two logos that they've shown together. And then there was like four other circles that still needed to be filled in. And then four circles in the middle that needed to be filled in. We're totally going to get the four outer circles this week. The first one being the court of owls. I'm excited to see what the other ones are. And my prediction is that we get the four inner logos are going to be logos of bat family characters that we can play as. And that'll be revealed on Saturday with the W Montreal, uh, WB Montreal, panel thing on saturday for dc fandom i am so fucking stoked we're finally here holy shit i feel so good i love it that's awesome and we're, you're going to have you of course on the reveal for this so oh absolutely will maybe shirtless batman make an appearance oh I don't my fucking god know. let's no go promises can be made but who knows i love who it knows? i love it all right well thanks barrett yeah all right talk to you later bye did anyone know what the hell he was talking about with circles and stuff? I think he's losing it, man. I think it's been too long. <laughs> uh, but anyways, this, we're not going to have to wait too much longer to to find out all that stuff. I like what he was just saying, though, about the four playable characters. I I buy it. Oh, yeah, I, it makes sense, certainly. I, I, I think definitely, like, we're gearing up for probably teaser reveal on Friday and then full reveal on Saturday. And I mean, can't can't complain about that, as, as he said finally we're getting something yeah i do wonder knowing that suicide Squad's going to be more of a games as a service style avengers style game if there's multiplayer in this is it is it multiplayer or is it just four playable characters in a single player yeah. campaign Can I, you, it, maybe I, there's a co-op or i don't know i hope it's just four playable characters in a single player campaign and i know we've got stuff about this later but like 
I don't want every game to be a multiplayer game as a service. I enjoy a good single-player adventure sometimes. As do I. As do I. Well, we're not... Something like Batman, where the the previous ones were so good Mm single-player. Exactly. Well, we're not going to get that anytime soon with the Avengers. Moving on to the second story here. Uh, There's been a massive Avengers data mine leak. Um, This is from subreddit user 6 plus 4 equals 52 on the Marvel's Avengers subreddit. Um, 15 unannounced characters have reportedly been data mined from the Marvel's Avengers beta. And before we even get into it, I got to say, I'm pretty excited about this list. Like this game, you know, I'm I'm higher on it than I ever thought I would have been after playing it. Uh, but I'm still not where I wish I was. You, you're, you're just talking about with the Batman games. Like, I wish this was just a single-player Avengers game. Yeah. But, hey, it's not. We're getting this yeah, online like, multiplayer thing. From, from what from what I've played of it, like, the single-player linear, very cinematic stuff is definitely the stuff I've enjoyed most. But, like, this list is exciting for the same reason that I was really excited to find out that Ms. Marvel was going to be essentially the main character of the story, which is... Yeah, give some love to some of these great characters that haven't been big enough to be MCU staples yet. Like, those are the the games that are going to, the people coming up on this list that I'm excited about. Totally. And uh, before I even read the list, I want to point out that we're in a very interesting place with Marvel right now uh, when it comes Mm -hmm. to licensing their characters out, both for movies, for TV stuff, but mainly for video games is what I'm talking about. Because what we've seen in the last, I don't know, five, six years have been some pretty interesting and not great decisions made on the 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 licensing front of Marvel versus Capcom Infinite, for example, where yeah. it was very clear that Marvel had a heavy hand in what characters are chosen and not chosen. Like having no X-Men in that game is just insane. Yeah. Right. That's, that's the thing, is there's definitely been a while where Marvel has only been interested in can we use it to market the MCU? Otherwise we don't really care. Or like, and we don't want to. We don't want to market it if it's one of the properties that, like, sure, we can put the X Men in a game, but someone else owns the films to that. So why would we? Totally, and that's I think where we're really getting hit with X Men and Fantastic Four in particular. But now that Kevin yeah. Feige's not just above Marvel Studios, but he's also kind mm-hmm. of above Marvel as a whole, I think we're going to start seeing a lot more synergy in a way that doesn't feel as uh, yeah. ex- like things are being excluded, but more as like a well-rounded thing to get people more familiar with these smaller characters or different characters. Smaller is not even the right right term, but like yeah. characters that we might not be used to seeing constantly, constantly, constantly. And I mean, like with MCU, it's like we can say that, oh, the MCU um, is only focusing on the same things. The MCU introduced the world to Guardians of the Galaxy. So it's like they're doing great stuff too. But so looking at the list here, we got Ant-Man, The Wasp, Vision, Black Panther, Doctor Strange, Falcon, Marvel, Mockingbird, Quake, Winter Soldier, Scarlet Witch, Captain Marvel, Kate Bishop, She-Hulk, and War Machine. Pretty yeah. great list. Yeah, yeah, definitely. There's a few really good ones on there. Like, I, I am really excited uh, that Kate Bishop is on there because mm-hmm. clearly the the better Hawkeye, <laughs> more interesting <laughs> character by a long shot. I'm like, Kate Bishop does not get enough love, and I'm very excited to see that, like, yeah, yeah, get her in there. Totally. And, you know, when we look at the future of the MCU now, I think that this kind of does show a lot of the the synergy stuff here. And um, hold on. Greg Miller saying some stuff. 
live in the chat. Oh, there we go. There we go. I'll do that. Yeah, Greg Miller is uh, literally live in the kind of funny games daily doc writing something. And I was like, what is this message? Um, tomorrow on We Have Cool Friends right here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games after games daily, Greg Miller is going to be uh, interviewing Sandra Sad and Troy Baker, who are Miss Marvel and Bruce Banner in Avengers. So very cool stuff. Miss Marvel getting even more love from us here. Yeah. That kind of funny game. So that's very cool. Um, go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games if you want to uh, leave your questions. Or no, no, slash kind of funny. No, no games. Patreon.com slash kind of funny to write your questions in. Anyways, back to it. Uh, yeah, Kate Bishop, super exciting stuff. I yeah. think that looking at this list, a lot of these kind of line up with what we know the future of MCU to look like um, yeah. with the TV shows and stuff with She-Hulk and things yeah. like that are cool. Um, but then we see things like Marvel, where it's like that's yeah. interesting. Like they that killed him, you know? Yeah, I I want to see some. I still want to see some real left uh, left uh, out of left field picks at some point. Like I want to see stuff like Squirrel Girl get in. Like that's oh, the hell stuff yeah. for. Go go for the 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 ones that have no obvious fighting mechanics and be like, I want to see them. <laughs> yeah, let's make let's make them fun. But I just I think I'm most impressed with how many characters are here. Um, yeah, yeah. Th- we know the game's launching with what six, and then we know Spider Man's mm. exclusive to PlayStation. Uh, we know that there was the the couple um, already confirmed DLC coming, like with Hawkeye and them. Uh, but looking at this, it's like wow, they're they're planning on supporting this game for a yeah. very long time, and That's- hopefully they can. What you were talking about the the more cinematic uh, beats, mm. I hope that they can kind of make worthwhile storylines for these characters that keeps me coming back forever to play this yeah. game like months at a time like just for you know a couple hours to get through the campaign i don't know yeah my my big question with this list of like 15 is how long do we think we're gonna they're gonna spread those out for how regularly are we gonna be getting these because they've got enough here that they don't have to be too spread out that's true i mean i imagine how nice would it be if they could have one character a month right yeah that was my first thought and i was like that's that's over a year of like good characters they can be dropping and, you know, they definitely the... seem like they want this to be more than a year's worth of stuff. Like, they, they've got a long roadmap on this. Yeah. So, okay, this list is only unannounced, so it doesn't include Hawkeye. So when you add Hawkeye to it, there's 16 characters. Like, that's... Mm. It's pretty crazy. Like, that can add up pretty yeah. pretty quickly. And also, another thing from this uh, leaked thing is that the Ant-Man was labeled as Ant-Man parentheses 2. So we know that Hank mm. Pym is involved in the uh, Avengers games, but maybe this is Scott Lang yeah. is actually going to be the, the playable one. Yeah. So. The the other thing that was interesting I saw on this was that uh, Peter Parker shows up on the, this list for PC, which I assume definitely not playable in any way. But I do wonder, will Peter Parker show up in a non-playable form in the narrative and just not be Spider-Man or something? Like, I, oh, interesting. It's, prob- it's probably just a holdover of the same code of some sort. But mm-hmm. I wonder, I quietly hope. Wait, but do you? So hold on. Are you talking about just in the PlayStation version, or be also I, showing up in the other versions? Because that could get complicated. That could get complicated. Because that's the thing: is Spider-Man being only in the PlayStation version probably means that they won't be in story content, because otherwise the story is going to be different across platforms. But who knows? Totally. Another important thing to mention about this is it doesn't have X-Men, and I don't think that that's necessarily yeah. a huge surprise. I mean, I guess you have Scarlet Witch, but um, she's at this point you know, kind of transferred over, but yeah. um, like no Wolverine. And it's like, there's a couple X-Men that have been notable Avengers at some point. So 
Um, well, it, it it wouldn't be unimaginable to see them turn up as DLC because we've had like um, Marvel Ultimate Three had mm-hmm. X Men added in after launch as DLC, and with the stuff that's been evolving between Marvel and Fox about the X Men rights, yeah, maybe it's just taking some time to get the ball rolling, and maybe they'll show up eventually. Interesting. Yeah. Very exciting stuff. Uh, moving into this is a 0.5 story because it's more character leaks, but uh, this one a little less, less important, but it's important to me. Uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater remake has a character leak. Uh, this is from another subreddit user, Derek420. Kev, can you bring up this image, please? Um, uh, right image. Thank you. The, yeah. The, uh, uh, the likeness of Officer Dick, which is uh, the secret character from the Tony Hawk's Pro Skater games that's been in all of the, the OG ones. Uh, that's just a, a police officer. It is now Jack Black. So yeah. <laughs> in Tony Hawk's Pro Skater remake, you'll be able to play as Jack Black. Um, and this isn't too surprising. He's been a, a big fan of the Tony Hawk games for a long time. And um, the reveal of one and two remake was on Jeff Keighley's uh, game award or summer game fest streams uh but jablinski games which is jack black's youtube channel that same day had a whole bunch of interviews up with the original cast of the first game and um the the first ever let's play of the game thanks kevin (laughs) um so cool stuff i've been playing this demo all weekend uh have you got your hands on it yet I've not gotten my hands on it yet, but everyone I know who has has been very into it. So I'm excited to finally carve some time out and give it a look. It's so good. It feels perfect. Like it, it this yeah. literally, it's a dream to me where I'm just like playing this game and I'm like, they actually nailed it. And I never thought that I'd play a game that feels like Tony Hawk yeah. again. And the After muscle memory the last, is just all there. Yeah. After the last couple of Tony Hawks, I'm so happy to hear that because they, mm-hmm. they've not been good for a while. They've been horrible for a while. Yeah. So this this is very exciting stuff. Uh, anyways, moving on to the next story. Ghost of Tsushima is getting a free online co-op later this year. This comes from Zach Zwizen at Kotaku. Uh, today, Sucker Punch announced Ghost of Tsushima Legends, a brand new co-op experience coming to Ghost of Tsushima for free. This new mode will let up to four folks play together in a story separate from the original game, featuring new enemies and characters based on Japanese mythology. Darren Bridges, the senior game designer at Sucker Punch, explained in a post on the official PlayStation blog how players will choose from different classes and play with a group of two to four in missions built exclusively for co-op. Depending on how many players you have, you'll get access to different missions. If it's just you and a friend, then you can try out a series of co-op story missions featuring a lot of combat. If you and three friends are playing together, you can play wave-based survival missions. A four-player raid is also being added shortly after Legends is released. Uh, it will be released later this year for free as part of an update for Ghost, uh, and it doesn't feature Jin or his companions, but instead focuses on four warriors who've been built up as legends and stories told by the people of Tsushima what where did this come from i would not have called it because this game is so it's like laser focused on -on one-on-one combat i would never have seen this coming yeah it's i mean not only did i not see this coming i didn't see it coming this soon let alone this announcement right like the game i guess it's hot off the being the number one selling game in july so it's like people are interested in this game way more than i think a lot of people expected i know that you know we look at playstation's uh first party lineup now is kind of like uh you know hit parade just one after the other but i it's it's great to see you know sucker punch get their due here with this and you know for it to be resonating with people i know one of my best friends curran who i always talk about in the show is not really a hardcore gamer like he 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 plays games and he's interested but he's more of a call of duty Warzone guy than anything but 
it's transcended to a point that Sony's first party games are mainstream to him and that group. And he platinumed Ghost of Tsushima. Like, that's crazy to me. And he only bought it because he played Last of Us 2 and loved it so much that he's like, I trust Sony uh, Studios. And I'm like, that's that's crazy. Sony have just been on an incredibly consistent uh, run of games recently. Like, I think at this point, I would put them in a similar camp to Nintendo with their first party software, where totally. you can guarantee a baseline level of quality and they they very rarely miss the mark. Yeah, it's, and I mean, it's really it, unbelievable. Yeah, this last like probably three or four years, they have, n- I can't think of a miss they've had except for maybe Days Gone. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And even that Days Gone is, you know, people seem to it's, love it. Like the the, yeah. the at least the audience seems to to yeah, enough it people seem to love it. It wasn't for me, but like a lot of people still loved it, and I can't deny it was a well made game still. Yeah, you know. So going into this new story though, like it's surprising that this is happening, but also when we compare it to Last of Us Two that came out in June, we knew Last of Us One had you know its multiplayer mode. And they announced that the factions was going to come later for Last of Us. And it it seems like it's actually going to be like a separate experience, separate game or whatever, which makes sense. This to me is interesting that in such a similar time frame, they're putting out this multiplayer for free as part of this game this year. Like, it's Mm. weird seeing them kind of deploy different strategies for the multiplayer update for giant titles. Yeah, it is really interesting. Um, I wonder how much of the the timing was based on try and hit just when people have finished started playing the single player. And it's like, we don't want to delay the game to get this multiplayer out. But if we can just hit when everyone's finishing it and go, look, there's a reason to keep a hold of your copy. It might not be for a few months, but don't trade it in yet. Like, that's that's the kind of content that's going to get someone to keep their copy of the game. I, I feel like they've timed it well. This is about when people are finishing playing. Yeah, totally. And especially with the PS5 coming out, like that's another great yeah. reason to like, keep your PS4 games and keep the longevity going there. A you yeah. from Matawa uh, writes in and says, so Sucker Punch just announced Ghost of Tsushima Legends. And I got to ask, was anyone expecting this? I thought Nate Fox confirmed on the spoiler cast you guys did that Sucker Punch had no plans for post-release content like they had done with Second Son with First Light or Infamous 2 with Festival of Blood. I'm not complaining, though. Uh, Ghost is tied with Doom as my game of the year so far, but a two- to four-player co-op experience was the last thing I was expecting. I guess my question is, is this what you wanted out of a potential post-release experience from Ghost? If not, then what would you have preferred? And do you believe this is something that Sucker Punch may expand upon with future updates past the raids experience coming later this fall? Thanks for the hard work during the wacky times. Hmm. I mean... Um, just before we get to the question bit, the I, I, the the comment saying I thought they said they had no plans for post-release content. I mean, that's what any developer will say until they've announced their post-release content. Like that's not necessarily unexpected. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I I'm not opposed to this. It's not what I would have expected. But I think the thing that has me excited for this is the fact that they have explicitly said it's not just putting co-op into the main experience. It's something crafted specifically for co-op and that they're tailoring the experience based on the number of people you have, that's what has me confident. It seems like they've thought through the experience and it's not just going to be tacked on, which is always a good sign. Yeah, totally. I mean, I didn't see this coming at all. And uh, I totally, just because of timing and stuff, missed out on Ghost. Kevin, I know you absolutely love this game. What does this news do for you? 
It uh, it very much excites me. It, it's not what I expected, but like I trust them. And what they're saying about like these four warriors that we've heard stories about, it's very clear. I I think it's pretty clear who the warriors are. Um, so that's I think that's really cool. And uh, I don't know. I'm really really stoked. I think that like if I get an opportunity to sit down with Greg and uh, play it, Blessing also is really into it. We we can all play together. Like that seems really cool. And like, I wasn't done with the game, because I still have probably another 15 hours with the way I play left of it. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, th this is, I think, really exciting. Uh, Nate so to lied answer... to me, though. He not lied straight to my face, and I hate him. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, to answer Ayub's question here, though, Kev, like, obviously none of us saw this coming, but would you have preferred a single-player traditional DLC? I don't think so, just because we've gotten so much of that already with the game. Like, there's so many little side things that you can do that, um, like, feel like a single-player experience, where it's like, I've gotten hours and hours of that kind of gameplay. So I just think that, like, something new that they've thought about mm -hmm. is going to be interesting, you know? How do, how do you think that the... Because I, I agree with you both that I think that everything they're saying here about it scaling from the two to four players, like mm -hmm. that's the type of attention to detail that right. is often missed from this type of thing. Yeah. So that's cool. Do you think that the gameplay of Ghost can translate to these raid-like experiences? So there are a lot of missions where you're going with someone that is uh, like an archer. And the archer's off in the distance shooting people down while you're fighting people. Or you're, you're both you know doing archery i think that that kind of that can translate well where you can have different play styles and options on how you want to take it so perhaps it's two samurai running around taking a camp or it's it's you know a samurai and an arrow dude up in the the hills being your support i think both those are cool and um i hope that the story is fun cool there we go uh, the only other thing I wanted to add on this is I think the they've not specified the timing of when this is coming out, have they? Let me look here. I don't think. Because what I'm thinking about is this could be really good for the PS5 launch, particularly like if they, uh, as the question asks, continue doing stuff after this raid expansion. It could be really nice for them to have a recently released, very popular game that is getting multiplayer content about the time that the PS5 is coming out. Totally. So the PlayStation blog headline itself says Ghost of Tsushima Legends coming to PS4 fall 2020. So, mm. so we do I, know that, I, but you're I right. I'd be surprised if that fall timing means we also, that's uh, also something you could be playing on your PS5. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that they would be crazy to not have that. I think that's yeah. going to be a big part of the marketing around the uh, new hardware's launching of, hey, we have so many amazing games coming out at the end of this generation yeah. that are going to be better on this next system. And I yeah. think that that's, it, it's exciting to me, you know, with like Cyberpunk coming out, obviously on both systems. Um, but then to have things like uh, Miles Morales, which obviously yeah. we're going to be able to play on PS5, but then with, with what would have been Halo um, Infinite on, on Xbox, it's mm -hmm. exciting to me that we could play these games in other places, but yeah buying this new system is going to give me something that I I'm getting yeah. a new thing out of it. Cause like looking back at the old generations, there was always that thing where it's like, okay, we got the PS4, yeah. but uh, the lot late PS3 games are coming out and I'm more excited to play through those than I am to, to play the new PS4 games, you know? And that's why new multiplayer content is so exciting is because that's perfectly poised to be like, remember that 
old, like really good end of the generation game, come back to it on the new system. Totally, totally. So it's it's exciting stuff. Yeah. Uh, moving on to some more exciting stuff. Sony is working on a next generation VR headset, but it might not be PSVR. Just comes from Joe Scrabbles at IGN. Sony is developing a next generation VR headset, but it may well not be related to PSVR. A job listing spotted by Upload VR explains that Sony is hiring a team to create a next generation VR head mounted display. However, this device is being developed with a view to five years from now. Uh, and the listing has been posted by the core Sony Corporation rather than Sony Interactive Entertainment, which created the original PSVR headset. While a PSVR 2 has yet to be confirmed, we've seen Sony working on touch-sensitive controllers, and we know PS5 will continue to support uh, the original PSVR, so it seems likely that PlayStation will continue its association with VR. However, it's entirely possible that the core Sony Corp is working on VR to different ends alongside SIE's work on PSVR, and the five-year timeline for this particular headset seems to point to a next-gen for VR. VR itself rather than console gaming. I, I I was looking at this story and I think there's like maybe three ways that this could ultimately go. Um, the fact that it's Sony in general, not Sony Interactive Entertainment working on it could be indicative that it's not a, a gaming focused VR headset. We might be looking at Sony as an entertainment company going like, look, we have TVs. Well, what other kind of displays could we be putting things on? Secondly, that five-year time span, maybe they're looking at what comes after the PS5 and, like, what could we be doing with VR five years from now gaming-wise? And I guess the third option would be maybe they're looking at gaming VR not specifically for PlayStation. Like, maybe it's going to be a big enough market by five years from now that they want to be in the VR space generally for gaming. I, I don't know which of those I think is the case, but... yeah. Yeah, there's a few ways this could be going. Totally. I'm sure that Greg and Blessing are, are going to talk about this on PS I Love You and uh, we'll give, have a lot, a lot deeper insights than uh, what I have to this. But just looking at PS with how PlayStation's handled PSVR, uh, mm-hmm. I feel like I totally was wrong about my assumptions five years ago looking at where they'd be yeah. now. Um, which is weird where it's not nearly the major success that we thought VR as a whole was going to be. But PlayStation VR in particular, they're still committed to it in a way yeah. that they're they're still doing state of plays that focus on VR titles. Yeah. And like Iron Man VR just came out. Like I would yeah. argue that is probably the highest profile PlayStation VR exclusive title that they've had thus far. Yeah. And that's, you know, years into this thing's life. Yeah, as, as someone that really loves VR, I still think that P- PlayStation VR is the sweet spot for price and quality when it comes to entry-level VR. It it really gets the balance of feeling like a decently powerful piece of kit that is affordable to anyone who's already got a PlayStation 4, and I love that it's being supported. It is a wonderful piece of kit, and you know, you can look around the rest of the VR space, and there's stuff that's technically more impressive, like the Oculus Quest is wonderful, being able to just do VR without... To be the Quest is, stuff, is a, but, a... That's yeah. the one I... I... I've tried yeah. so many different VRs and I've tried, you know, the the Rift and stuff or not what Yeah. Kevin, what was the nice one we did? I've I've tried a whole bunch of them, but uh including the like the super high quality ones and the that's Vibe an Pro. The, yes, exactly. Yeah. And it's amazing. But the yeah. Quest just putting on your head just working, oh, that to oh, me is yeah. like this if if Sony can come up with that type of thing and On, and market it in a way to a broader audience, that could yeah. be a huge hit. That's the big thing I'm waiting for is when it gets cheap enough that they can release a PSVR revision that has wireless support built into it. Um, also, there's obviously 
the move controllers officially make more of them so they're easier to get it's really hard mm. to get move controllers still yeah that's true that's true uh, um but yeah it's, this is interesting i think that uh the five-year uh time thing like yeah. this points to evidence that this project might never even see the light of day who knows what it, it's going to be i think it is just kind of prepping for a potential future yeah. but again maybe five years from now i'll be looking back and saying that present me now is being an idiot too but yeah um, i mean if you look at where vr's at now five years from now if you can get the price down a bit further it's getting there yeah totally i just wonder if it's going if it's going to be worth the investment if people are going to continue to keep pushing mm -hmm. or if we're just going to hit a point that it's like this is what vr games can be and that's cool and that's fine but it's never really going to push to be this mainstream I, way that people play games. I, I hope it one day is a mainstream thing because I love the idea of the tech. I am I, I love VR conceptually, even if it's not always where it needs to be. Yeah, because when it works, it's pretty yeah. mind-blowing. Oh, gosh, um, yeah. I, I watched a video of, like, the International Space Station, and it was a moving thing. It's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, moving on to the next story to some Nintendo stuff. A Nintendo Indie World Showcase announced for tomorrow. The next Indie World Showcase is headed your way. Tune in Tuesday, August 18th at 9 a.m. Pacific for roughly 20 minutes of information on indie games coming to Nintendo Switch. Where's your hype level for this? Uh, I mean, I'm I'm excited. I always enjoy indie directs from Nintendo because like, it's the main thing I play indie games on at this point. I don't like playing them anywhere that's not a handheld. Um, so I'm I'm really excited for it. I know that that's not the general internet because the general internet's doing its thing where it's very upset that this isn't a main direct as they've been doing for a while. <laughs> yeah, which is which is which is upsetting that they yeah. haven't done one. But yeah, yeah, this is not taking the place of a Nintendo oh, direct. Exactly. This exists exactly. as its own thing. I always love that Nintendo yeah. does put so much focus on its indies because you're right, the yeah. Switch is such a great home to them. But it's always hard for me to get excited about these showcases, uh, just in the sense of like when for we're not going to do a live reaction to this i don't think yeah. because it's you know pretty much what it's going to be is us looking at like oh this looks cool oh this looks yeah. cool hey that looks well, cool that's, that's it it'll be this looks cool this looks cool until they do their one thing like cadence of hyrule at the end and you go oh that's what that's the exciting thing yeah and and hopefully we we get that like i i think that yeah. uh you know that wasn't necessarily my jam but i love the idea of nintendo kind of loaning out its you know ip to these small super talented yeah. developers that have wacky out their ideas yeah. and i think the fact that that one was so well received is a good sign that maybe we'll get more of that in future mm -hmm. but, totally yeah, yeah these indie directs i'm i'm always hopeful they always have interesting looking stuff that wasn't on my radar before but it's not until i'm watching them that i know why i should care about them it's not like the main direct where i go i i know where to set my excitement levels exactly exactly and i think with this it's like maybe i'm speaking out of turn here but i don't think there's ever been a bad indie world showcase oh, or no. whenever they do things. there's always at least one or two games that end up coming out and being major hits and like really resonating with people so that's I'm, what's I'm most exciting to me about yeah, this. I'm always glad I watched them. There's always something new to put on my radar after I've seen one. So, like, 
I'll, I'll check it out. Yeah. Um, and then another half story here, because this is kind of related to this. Sports Story yeah. has been delayed. Uh, this comes from Tom Marks at IGN. Sports Story has been delayed from its mid-2020 release with no new release window announced. Uh, developer Sidebar Games explained on Twitter that the game has become rather ambitious and we're excited about how it could turn out, but the price is currently being paid as we try to make our plans into reality. Uh, then there's a trailer explaining the game's delay that teases some of the features the game's still working on, including a squid thing, a golf pinball machine, a secret hotel level playing football with a dog vampires pirates an evil corporation and regal exile um cool i mean yeah. you know this is one of those things where golf story was beloved by so many people mm. blessing loves it cannot wait for this so i'm sure too. he's bummed yeah I, I i was a big fan of it and i'm glad that they said this up front because otherwise like considering they've been saying this was going to come out this summer if they'd announced this indie direct my first thought would have been Okay, this is the surprise announcement at the end of the indie direct. Totally. It's out today. That, that's where I'd have set my expectations. And thank you for setting that properly, Nintendo. Yeah, you know the industry is just in such a weird place this summer that I or this yeah. year that I think that you know this year has was not the best showing of what this all could be. But I do yeah. think there's going to be a lot of learnings going forward uh, about transparency and about you know kind of making sure that you're not fumbling the message of setting people's expectations where they should be um or, or more so where they could be where it's like i understand yeah. like you don't want to say here's exactly what we're doing but sometimes you do but sometimes yeah. you don't and sometimes you want to give people like the thing of like hey this one's worth getting excited for and it's hard to tell someone that without them running wild with expectations yeah. of what things could be but you're right here where it's like sports story was the first thing to come to my mind with the yeah. the indie world I'm like oh we're finally at least going to get an update on that now i'm like i have no idea what they're going to show tomorrow <laughs> at all that's it just be honest with your audience and set expectations and everything's going to be fine mm -hmm. and that's definitely been a learning curve for a lot of companies like i think of microsoft with their uh series x gameplay stream that was largely not gameplay of any sort like mm -hmm. companies are still out where that line is a bit yeah totally it's i i really wish that i could do a time machine jump to the future see if we're over this corona stuff and then figure out what game developers have been doing because it's like i i wonder what these conferences these announcements look like even next year like i'm sure that there's yeah. going to be so many learnings and so many things that you know kind of we, the foundation's been began here but i i really yeah. hope that it that, that they really tighten some things up it, it'll be interesting to see what this year becomes when people can get back in a room and work properly based mm -hmm. on what they've learned yeah we'll see um then story number six here Zelda Skyward Sword listing found online by Wario64. A listing for a Nintendo Switch port of Skyward Sword has been found online. Wario64 tweeted the listing found on Amazon UK before being taken down. It now leads to an error page, but the URL still includes Legend Zelda Skyward Sword Switch. What I, do you think? <laughs> I, I know this isn't a popular opinion, but Skyward Sword might be my very favorite Zelda game. I was wow. lucky enough. I was lucky enough to have zero issues with the motion controls. They always worked perfectly for me, which I think is a huge part of that. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think I I love the story presentation in it. I love the dungeon design. It it is a wonderful game that a lot of people swore off of it because they had poor experiences with the motion controls. And I'm like, I would love to see a version of that game that doesn't have those technical hiccups that people could get behind. Um, I will say I'm really curious what they would do for handheld play because obviously mm -hmm. 
no motion controls and handheld play, would you do something like um, Metal Gear Rising Revengeance, hold down a button and move an analog stick to swing your sword? Would it be touch controls, like something like Okami HD? Like, that's what I'm curious about is, do we keep the motion controls? And if you do, what do you do for handheld play? Yeah, I mean that those are really good questions. Uh it's it's crazy that you think it's your your favorite Zelda. Like that's that's I, I don't think I've ever met a, someone that that's true. <laughs> I, I go completely two directions. It's either Skyward Sword or Breath of the Wild, and I know that they're okay. such different games. But yeah, but literally you I cannot get much so more much. different in the yeah. Zelda front. I, I fall in the, the camp that Skyward Sword isn't nearly as bad as people make it out to be. Oh, but I, I also think that you know there is there's enough padding in it uh that um, it, it reminds me a lot of Twilight Princess where there's oh, enough in the beginning yeah, that. that I'm like, oh, there's a lot of good game here, but it's taking too long to get to that part. Um, it, but yeah, it's the, certainly not a it's certainly not a perfect game, but like the things it does right, I enjoy so much. Totally. Um, but yeah, the the idea of motion controls or what they'll do on the Switch is is very interesting. And mm. I think that when when we saw you know Wind Waker and Twilight Princess get ported to the yeah. Wii U, um, there's a reason Skyward Sword wasn't. Yeah. And I, I think that, uh, well, one of those was probably just like you could already play the Wii version on the, uh, with the Wii U, with the Wii mode and all that mm. stuff. Um, but also I think it's because they knew that there would be so much extra work yeah. that had to be put into making it playable. And that's why I'm a little bit trepidatious about this, where if yeah. we, uh, l- let me read a, l- a question first. Billy the Door writes in and says, hello, Laura, great to see you on the show. I backed your butt book a while ago and I'm looking forward to it. Uh, my question is for the Nintendo Duo. With the Zelda Skyward Sword rumors, what are the chances of any other Zelda games coming to the Switch? It's such a shame that the Wii U and 3DS have a ton of Zelda games playable and the Switch only has a handful available. I would love to see more of those games on Switch. Um, obviously, it makes it makes no sense not to port the Wii U, Twilight Princess HD, and Wind Waker HD because those could probably just be dumped over and be fine. Um... I loved the Grezzo ports of Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask on 3DS. I would love to see just that level of treatment to get a Switch port. I'd love that. That'd be wonderful, obviously. Um, yeah, I, I Zelda, the Zelda series, I've never not enjoyed a Zelda game. So yeah, sure, give me all of them on Switch. Totally. I, I'm shocked that we haven't seen Wind Waker and yeah. Twilight Princess just kind of thrown over to it, especially with how port happy, Wii U port happy the Switch yeah. has been to major success. Like, yeah. especially with the, I mean, I get, we had Link's Awakening last year, Breath of the Wild mm. in 2017. It's not like there's been a overrunning of Zelda games on the Switch yeah. so far. Like, they definitely and could have put those out. If it was just the Wii U ones got ported, that would be an instant win for any Nintendo Direct you put those in. People would lose oh, themselves yeah. over it. Absolutely, totally. And then, like, yeah. those are both beloved games, and especially yeah. Wind Waker. Like, put that on the Switch. Like, I feel like that game belongs on the Switch. People would oh, love gosh, yeah. that. But yeah, it's like it, looking it's... at this. Go for it. Oh yeah, it, it's such a good. I the, the sprawling nature of it would go so nice on the Switch. Totally. So I'm just more interested that it seems like we're getting this this URL for something that may or may not mm. actually exist. But for Skyward Sword before those games, like I would feel that Skyward Sword is the last on the list of potential things coming to Switch. I would predict that the Wii U ports would come over first. I would predict even that you're talking about the Grezzo 3DS games. Yeah. I don't think that we'd see those like like that seems like a maybe a bit too much work. I would expect a Ocarina remake before I'd expect a uh, Skyward Sword yeah. port. I I 
I don't disagree with you. Uh, the only thing that makes me think maybe Skyward Sword could be on the table is they put so much work into it. And it's clearly such a beloved thing. Like they, Nintendo seems to love that game and it was not received well. And I can see there being the thought of, you know, let's give it another lease at life and maybe this is the time people will love it. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I hope that it's yeah. true um, and, and we'll definitely, yeah. we'll see what's up. But yeah, it's it does suck that there are so many games that kind of feel stuck on the the 3ds at this point and granted the 3ds yeah. huge install base so many people played those oh, games yeah. it's not it's not the same as the wii u <laughs> where games yeah. that like kind of died there um mm. but like it would be cool to see like even a link between worlds uh somehow ported over to the yeah. the switch so we'll see what, just, what just give me all the Zelda games please <laughs> Exactly. Um, and then the final story of the day, this was a, a bit of a surprise for me. Microsoft Flight Simulator reviews are in. This is for the PC version. The Xbox version is not out yet, but uh, it will be soon. Um, the Metacritic currently is at 93. Yeah, yeah. IGN I, gave it a 10. Yeah, I, I'm i pleased to see this game has reviewed as well as it has because I have been so excited for this um, for a while. Um, I was watching, I think it was Digital Foundry's uh, technical coverage of it recently, where they were talking a lot about um, the way the game is streaming in high quality satellite data. So you can just go to literally anywhere in the world and the game will have high resolution detail for everything. I am I am such a big fan of like flight sims and planes and it's hitting all of my nerdy buttons. It is everything I get excited about about flying and flights so i'm so glad it's 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 gone over so well oh. yeah I, I'm, I'm pretty pretty surprised honestly i didn't give it a 10 uh, my boy uh, seth macy over there says microsoft flight simulator is legitimately incredible it's difficult to fully describe how amazing it feels to jump into a plane and have the freedom to fly to and from literally any place in the entire world the base game's 20 included aircraft feel like more than enough for even hardcore aviation enthusiasts and the ability to adjust the assist to tailor the experience to whatever skill level you desire make it suitable for anyone looking to fly the friendly skies from the comfort of their own home the real world mapping data however takes microsoft flight simulator from being just an impressive game uh to the most awe-inspiring simulation i've ever experienced it is mind-bogglingly cool and an absolutely unparalleled way to virtually explore the world uh, I watched an IGN video of them yeah. flying around San Francisco, and I was just like, oh, I, my God. Yeah, The map I, I watched, is insane. Yeah, I watched this video review, and the thing that got me really excited was him talking about how he'd um, been a, a fighter pilot in the past and talking about landing at real-world airports and being like, this is exactly the experience I had landing actual planes at this place. And like that level of detail is so exciting it's it's crazy i i wish it was like uh i mean for me i'd want it to be a bit more arcadey like i want to see all the stuff but it's like i'm a little scared about the simulation uh just, being just too turn it difficult on, turn it onto the easy mode where you just point it in a direction and it goes and but that's the thing nice that's across the country in, in this review they're saying that it's like they can tailor yeah. the assist to just make it a fun experience i think that this is going to be a real cool game that uh is yeah. going to be another testament to being a pillar of game pass where this isn't going to mm. sell anybody on an xbox or you know like buying this game necessarily um uh, but it definitely just being an option it's like i might as well give this a shot and like i can see a yeah. lot of people kind of falling in love with it even if they didn't expect that they would oh gosh definitely and uh i i am ready for this to be my next few weeks of streaming of just doing just nice relaxing flights across the country it seems so it. nice especially because we can't fly right now kev what's your hype level for this because i know you've been excited for this one 
I'm looking up flight sticks right now, Tim Tam. I'm going <laughs> all around the world. <laughs> oh, my God. I love you, Kev. I love you so much. Uh, Kevin getting his flight stick is so, so far away. Um, if I wanted to know what was coming to mom and grop shops today, where would I look, Laura? You would look to the official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily show hosts each and every weekday. Kevin. Is that, that about right? You nailed it. You nailed it. <laughs> but did Kevin do it? Kevin? Well, here's the thing. It it looks like it's going, but I, I can't hear it. Give me one more second. Okay. Okay. Play it again. Play it from the top. Okay. There you go. Hold on. No, no. No, no, no. We need it clean. We need it clean, okay? okay? But that's so far away. If I want to know what's coming to Bob and Grab Shops today, where would I look? You would go to the official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily show hosts each and every weekday. Thank you very much to Dylan Fisher for making that jingle for me because I refuse to do the jingle, but I'll play the jingle. I'll play it for you. And uh, thank you, Kevin, for for making that work. And thank you, Laura, for being a good sport. <laughs> Out today, we got Secondoid on Switch. We got a Gangster Empire Vendetta on PC. We got 100 Vac- Vacas? 100 Vacas on PC. And we have Epic Battles of History on PC. No rap there. Just Epic Battles. No, okay. I... I misread it as epic rap battles of history when I saw oh, it man. on the list. Exactly, exactly. I don't know how you'd make that a video game, but I'd, I'd try it. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, a new date for you. Exp, Exp Parasite from Greyhead Studio launches September 17th on Steam, Xbox One, and PlayStation 4. Um, deal of the day for you. Not so much a deal, just a PSA. The Lego NES is back in stock. If you want it, you can go to lego.com, check it out, and get it. I've seen so many of my friends uh buy this and then build it on twitter and it looks awesome do you have any interest in this i have an interest in it i don't think i can justify it at that price but i yes. keep looking enviously at it i google it every now and then and go i could and it'd be a very fun weekend i'm sure yeah exactly you gotta love legos don't gotta love their price uh now it's time for some reader mail where you can write into patreon.com slash kind of funny games and get the show ad free and speaking of ads let me tell you that this episode is brought to you by doordash between never-ending laundry cycles and incoming emails you've got plenty on your to-do list give yourself one last thing to worry about and let doordash take care of your next meal doordash is the app that brings you food you're craving right now right to your door ordering is easy open the doordash app choose what you want to eat and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop off setting uh, with over 300,000 partners in the u.s puerto rico canada and australia you can support your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like chipotle wendy's or the cheesecake factory and also popeyes ladies and gentlemen last week I fell in love with Popeye's spicy chicken sandwich. It changed my life. And slowly it's been changing the lives of those around me. Uh, we did our Dunkirk in review viewing last night. And uh, when Andy was coming over to watch, he's like, we're getting some Popeye's. Next thing you know, I'm door dashing. They showed up. We're eating our spicy chicken sandwiches and we're having a damn good 
time. Uh, right now, you guys can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code GAMES. Uh, that's $5 off your and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download DoorDash on the App Store and enter GAMES. Again, that's code GAMES for $5 off your first order when you get the DoorDash app. Thank you very, very much. Let's get to some reader mail here. The Sheep Whisperer says, good morning, Tim, and welcome, Laura. No matter how extensively they are tested, there are always risks when sending millions of product into the wild, e.g. the red ring of the 360 and the still prevalent Joy-Con drift. On a scale of 1 to 10, with 1 being not very and 10 being very, how cautious should first adopters be with these new consoles come November-ish? Um, in terms of controllers, I wouldn't worry about Microsoft at all. They're basically just iterating their old one. That's going to be fine. Um... I mean, both of these consoles seems like they're really pushing tech as far as they can this time. So, I mean, they're taking precautions. The PS5 has vents, like, seemingly all the way around on Thank both sides. <laughs> like, they seem like they're really, really trying hard to make these things work. But you never know until they launch. It, it is always unforeseeable. Totally. And it's funny always looking at, these console generations because once we look are at the end of them and look back it's weird to think about how you felt about them when they first were there when the xbox one and ps4 the original versions came out um i remember just being like pretty in love with with both of them the xbox one uh was a little bulkier than i i might have wanted it to be especially actually my main problem was the power brick that was associated yeah. with it where it just seemed egregiously big um but i never really thought that like the ps4 had too many issues like just how it looked but then yeah. once we get up to like the pro and stuff i'm like oh my god i like this so much better like the original ps4 with the faceplate that kind of removed it feels kind of yeah. cheap and janky yeah well like this is always the case you look at like the ds is the perfect example of that. oh my like, lord once the ds light happened it's like oh it's night and day totally um, yeah Ob obviously i think we're in we're in a world where we're gonna get revisions of this of these hardware i think i think that was the problem in like the ps3 uh 360 generation is it was a lot rarer to to redo consoles within a generation and issues that were there at the start kind of just stayed the whole time but or even then if they if they made new versions they were just slim they were just smaller you know it wasn't yeah. so much like better in any other way i guess that we did have yeah. the xbox 360 elite um, but either way, looking at looking at uh, like these consoles, like when we switched from the Xbox One to the Xbox One S, it was like that that S might as well have stood for sexy. Like that thing was awesome. And then yeah. when they announced the One X, and they're like, it's the most powerful console. It's also the smallest. Like like I'm looking at it right now. That thing is beautiful. It is just a sleek, beautiful black box, and it's crazy to even compare it to the original. But from the tech side of asking of like early adopters there's gonna be problems on the scale of one yeah. to ten i would i would probably put it at a six like there's if, gonna be some problems if, if there was ever gonna be a year where there's gonna be problems oh, it's this year because this totally. year has so much stuff i imagine has had to be done remotely or has had to change workflow if there's ever going to be a problem it's going to be this jen <laughs> yeah absolutely and, and i think that that'll be on both sides um yeah. but i i also think that you know that with specifically with the xbox they've been working on this for so long and yeah. um it's kind of just still in the xbox one ecosystem in a way of everything mm. kind of having to be baseline and work at least this good and stuff that i feel like i'd be yeah. more concerned about the ps5 because it seems like the ps5's yeah. focus is on so many I'm, more like unique yeah. to them things I, 
I am really excited about the PS5, but you are totally right. Like that is that is the console that is trying to drastically change and do in like new things and new things are where you break stuff totally totally it's exciting though and, and we'll see yeah. I, I i wouldn't be scared like even that six out of ten i feel like you could apply that to the previous generations too and like it's not a guarantee that like it's going to be something it's not gonna be red ring of death for sure but there's going to be some minor annoyances and and we'll see I'm, I'm interested to see this gen of when we get the new versions of how how many years it takes before yeah. There's a, a PS5 that doesn't look like a space station. A PS5 that I can put flat on its side without needing a stand to do so. Exactly, exactly. Um, the other Sean writes in with a question, says, with the literally just happened announcement of a Ghost of Tsushima multiplayer mode and the rumblings of Rocksteady Suicide Squad being a games-as-a-service model and, of course, Avengers right around the corner, I've got to ask, why are we continuing to see developers that in general have been lauded for single-player story-based games jumping on the games-as-a-service bandwagon? Ghost is more of an exception since it's a free added mode, but with games like Avengers and Suicide Squad, I have to wonder if the decision was made by the devs or the publishers. We've seen games that try to blend that narrative uh, with looter mechanics and more, with none outside of Destiny basically coming up, with all the other ones coming up short. Anthem failed, Fallout 76 blundered, Division faded away. I hate to see talented studios get thrown under the bus trying to get in on the games-as-a-service parade. Maybe I'm worrying for nothing, and it's probably more good than bad for, de for devs to try out new styles of games, but I guess I'm just worried at what cost. Would love to hear your thoughts. I mean... I don't think this is necessarily any different to any time that our industry has looked at a big trend and gone, yes, let's do our version of that. There's one game that's making all of the money doing this thing. We want to do it, too. You saw it with every first person shooter getting a battle royale mode. You know, it's I it, it's only natural for companies to go where the perceived money is and some will get there and some will not. And you're never going to have them all be successful. Um I'm personally not a huge fan of the trend because I, I like my linear narrative games. I like having single player experiences that I I like not having to worry that I might try and sit down in the morning and play a game and be like, no, nope, the servers are down for maintenance. You can't play today. You know, I, I just like my linear linear games, but I think we're yeah. going to get more of all this ends. They're not going away anytime soon. Yeah, and I'm right there with you where I think that especially now we're about to get to this era of these games as a service games that are based on very, very popular mainstream IP, where whether it's yeah. Batman or Avengers, it's like those are characters that people really care about. So it it could be getting that style of game, the Destiny or the uh, Fallout 76 or whatever, into the hands of a, a ton of gamers that aren't necessarily in the weeds of uh, Division, you know? Mm. And I mean... The numbers don't lie. Games of service content in games gets people to play them for longer and to keep coming back to them. And I understand why that's appealing to developers because yeah. it's got to be disheartening to put years of your life into making something that after a weekend, everyone's like, yeah, we're done with it. All, all good. And that's the part that really bums me out is, you know, I, I obviously they're chasing the money here. And yeah. to an extent that you, I mean, not to an extent, you understand that that makes sense, yeah. but it is disheartening when you see some of these names and it's like, oh man, Crystal Dynamics, the people that made these Tomb Raider yeah. games that everyone loves, they're working on Avengers and it's games as a service. It's yeah. not what you expect it's, or want from them. Yeah. The, the big one that I keep looking at is Beyond Good and Evil 2, where I'm like, that's not what I want out of a sequel to that game, that it's this big 
procedurally generated open world online thing. No, just give give me the thing that you made well the first time. Totally. And that's the thing with Rocksteady that I'm extremely excited to see what they show on Saturday when it comes yeah. to the Suicide Squad game because, man, just on paper, this sounds like not what the majority of people would want from them. First off, Suicide Squad. Second off, games of service, like multiplayer stuff. It's like you'd imagine that they would want a more traditional single-player narrative driven game for them because they've done that so well in the past however i do think that there is a chance that they can prove that hey what you want isn't the only thing that's good and i i would like leave it to a a dev like rocksteady to kind of be like hey guys you don't need to be worried about this because you can get a great experience out of it as well but i don't know yeah also the last thing i'll note on this question is a lot of the examples that were brought up and like examples of ones that failed like anthem and fallout 76 i imagine a lot of the ones we're seeing now like this avengers one and suicide squad were in development before those games failed Mm. and were on a track of like this is going to be a games of service before those failed it's not like they've looked at the failures and gone yeah but we can beat the odds that's that's so true and also looking at it they're like rocksteady they're There are two devs that I look at in the last like half decade that I am just like, what have they been doing? Rocksteady and Retro. (laughs) Like both of them top tier, high quality. There's expectations there that are like naughty dog levels. I mean, at least in the same conversation, right? And for them to have just been this quiet, this long, and then to hear so much like rumors and like maybe they're doing this, maybe they're doing Justice League, maybe they're doing... Batman Beyond, maybe they're doing Superman, like all the stuff. And now for it to be Suicide Squad, uh, especially with all the rumors that Suicide Squad was back in the day going to be the Montreal game. For it to be all of this coming to a head now, we're finally going to see. We know Retro is working on Metroid Prime 4. We'll see that eventually. And Rocksteady is about to blow out their game this this weekend. It's all eyes on them, you know? Yeah, agreed. If they've put this much time into it, expectations are high. It better be good. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Well, let's do some squatting up here, ladies and gentlemen. You can go to patreon.com slash games to squat up. Send in your PSN name, your Xbox Live gamer tag, whatever it is, uh, if you want to play with some best friends out there. Julian, the gluten-free gamer, says, I main on Xbox. However, I realized I play just as much on PlayStation. I grew up a PlayStation boy and realized I have no friends on PlayStation. I just want to see some people online so I don't feel lonely. Add me, gluten-free gamers on PSN. So that's gluten-free gamers with an S at the end of it. Uh, Julian, the gluten-free gamer, been a producer on many of our shows. So uh, definitely show him some love. He needs some best friends out there to to help him out. Um, Now it's time for kindafunny.com slash you're wrong. What did we get wrong here? Let me see. Uh... Obviously nothing. We did perfect. Yeah, no, actually, we did pretty good. Nice, that's good to hear. <laughs> um, this is uh, literally just, uh, it's not so much a, you're wrong as much as it's some good editorializing here. Nanobiologist links to Imran's um, tweet saying, I'm curious, do people expect a Microsoft game in tomorrow's indie world? And that is a very Imran oh. way of saying he might know something. And uh, what that might yeah. be is potentially Ori, Will the Wisps. I, 
if there's anything that would run on Switch that's Microsoft developed that wouldn't be the biggest surprise in the world, or a sequel would be cool. Yeah, totally. So that'd be cool. I definitely yeah. enjoyed the hell out of Will of the Wisps, yeah. and I think it would fit right at home on Switch if they get the tech side to work, because it had issues yeah. running on the Xbox One X. So, <laughs> uh, But it should be able to run on a Switch, and I think that they've yeah. probably solved that stuff right I mean, now. The first story ran fine on Switch. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Uh, anyway, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily. Uh, each and every weekday, we're live right here on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames. We're running through all the stuff that you need to know about video games. Uh, we're about to do the Patreon post show. But before we get there, Laura, thank you very much for joining us. Where can people find you? Uh, you can find me at Laura K. Buzz pretty much anywhere that social media exists. Twitter, uh, Twitch. I stream Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays at 10 p.m. UK, 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. I'm trying to hit partnered on there at the moment, so awesome. come hang out and do a watch along if you fancy. Um, Patreon.com/slash Laura K Buzz. That's where most of my content goes. I have a bunch of podcasts. There's Podquisition, which is the video game podcast that I do with Jim Sterling. Uh, there is Dice Funk, which is a Dungeons and Dragons real play podcast that I do. Uh, every season's a self-contained story. I'm on seasons three, four, five, six, and seven. Uh, and there's books, Uncomfortable Labels, Gender Euphoria, and the main one to pitch here, Things I Learned from Mario's Butt, which is coming out on February 4th, 2021, and has both Greg and Tim saying words about butts in it. So you Hell should yeah. check it out. It's starting to show up on some of the places you can pre-order books, so very yeah. cool stuff well thank you you've been so awesome for this we're about to do the patreon exclusive post show so stay tuned for that but until next time game daily <laughs>